everyone and welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by three-year-olds. They know exactly what they're doing. Another very focused episode coming your way. Last time we had Ted Alexandro on the podcast talking about creating a web series. That was great. This time, Tonight Show writer Arthur Meyer talking about good old-fashioned book writing. Arthur is the co-author of FUDS, a complete encyclopedia, a very funny book available now wherever the fuck it is books are sold. Arthur walks us through how he and co-writers Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson created a menu made up of hilarious fake food items, handed them out at a food festival, and ended up turning that idea into a book. It's a classic fake menu to real book story. Stop me if you've heard it before, but if you haven't, keep listening. We talk about collaboration, finding a publisher, and how you get Mario Batali to write a forward for you. Hint, chase him down. The guy's topping out at 250 and he's wearing Crocs. What's he gonna run away? Arthur also reflects on his pre-comedy writing jobs, which include being a Little League umpire and a nude model, though he wisely never did both at the same time. And as usual, we also find out how our guest got his job writing comedy for television. Short answer, Craigslist ad. Long answer, it wasn't a Craigslist ad. This is episode 47. My guest is Arthur Meyer. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. Like the closer we get, oh, okay, cool. the one first, the sexier it is. Yes, there's no question absolutely. about that. We're both sexy men. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. it's hard not to not to have that be an element here. <laughs> um, too much but, sexiness in this. But, but all, yeah. <laughs> there's too I much. I can't stand it. Well, I'm gonna kill you after yeah, we're done. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then absorb your sexiness. That's how I stay the way I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a sexy vampire, <laughs> which is repetitive, right? I guess hard. that's true. It's hard. It is hard to think of an unsexy vampire. Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to go all the way back. Yeah. But even he's like got something going on. Yeah. You can get the ladies. It was just a different way. <laughs> you just sneak up behind him. But still, once he got him, they're like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That feels good. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're the undead. <laughs> just like that. I wonder if any vampires are upset that their portrayal in movies is of being sexy. Like, you know, the same way that a lot of people are like, uh, you know, not all, not all, you know, women are these, you know, like skinny, you know, like. Yeah, on the cover of Shape magazine. Yeah, exactly. Vampires are like, you know, a lot of us, like, we would like to see a vampire that reflects. It's a super funny short. Normal, do, like, yeah. Yeah, like a frumpy vampire yeah, sitting yeah. in a bar like, look, we're not all we're Robert not, yeah, Pattinson. Yeah. This is bullshit. I'm, you know, five five, uh, hundred sixty pounds. You know. Yeah, you want Frank Langella? Go get him. Yeah. I, you know, plus he's really old at yeah. this point. Yeah. That guy actually aged, yeah. unlike me. But I'm going to stay like this, yeah. which I understand is a bit of a problem. Yeah. But I'll be there for you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right, let's make it happen. Let's do this thing, Arthur Meyer. I'm with Arthur Meyer. We started already, which is funny. Oh, yeah. I like to, I like to sneak up on you. Arthur Meyer is a writer for The Tonight Show with uh, Jimmy Fallon, and he has a uh, book out or coming out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll post this in soon enough. So when's it coming out? It's exactly? coming out March 3rd. March 3rd. So, so you'll hear this. March 3rd. It's called FUDS, a complete encyclophudia. 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 Yeah. We combine the words encyclopedia and food. You'd think I would have practiced yeah. the title of your book. <laughs> no, I thought, it, I thought it sounded very well rehearsed. But there's also a nice subtitle there. From Tickling Shrimp to Not Dying in a Restaurant. Yes. So it covers everything. It covers, yep, runs the whole gamut. All the things that you, the, your first concerns in going into a restaurant. Exactly. Will I be able to tickle the, the shrimp? And can I stay alive? And can... <laughs> also with a foreword by Mario Batali. Mm-hmm. That actually, did you? Did he have? He had to let you use his name, right? He, yeah, well, it's the real Mario Batali. We sort of wrote something up for him in character, uh-huh. uh huh, and kind of a character for him that we created. And he, he, you know, was, signed on, he, he signed, just off, signed on off on it. it. Was totally cool with it. Did you pay? How did you compensate him? Was it like a gift certificate for Crocs? He did. Or, yeah, is that what it was. It is funny because he actually wear. You know, he like he wears that stuff in yeah. real life. Like he just looks like. You know, he looks like he Mario. is his character. Yeah, he is, like, yeah. yeah. Um, when he goes to the park and gets drawn yeah. by one of those guys, they're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it the way it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they perfect. don't do anything. They You're don't make any enhancements. <laughs> no, he's um, 
You, but you, I don't think we uh, we just you know thanked him and gave him a free copy of the book. He's just like, I you know totally cool. I think my shipping charge. We're gonna so. yeah my, yeah exactly. We're we're gonna get him something. We haven't figured out what that is yet. Right. I don't know like maybe like a bottle of wine. I feel like adults. What do you get do for that? the man who's eaten everything? Yeah right. Like I can't. That's the difficult thing. Is how do I impress? How do I impress him? I'm worried about impressing Mario Batali. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, some people are worried about paying rent. Yeah. So it's a good. It's it's not the worst worry in the in, world. To in have. comparison, how do right. I make Mario Batali happy? <laughs> how do I make? And he's also happy all the time. That's the other thing. I, I've now met him several times, and he's, really? he's never been unhappy. Have he's, you eaten at his restaurants and after yeah, you did this thing yeah. and he treated you right and all that? Yeah, he wow, like nice. we, he he booked us a table at his like LA restaurant. Oh, great! The Pizzeria Moza or Mazza? No, is not that Mazza, doesn't he Mozza. have one? Does he have one like in a mall? Uh, probably. Everything's yeah. in a mall. Yeah, yeah. The whole place is a mall. Yeah. Why, why yeah. am I saying that? Yeah. Is that in a mall? Yeah. Yes, idiot. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Do you mean Los Angeles? Yeah. It's yes. Yeah, it's the in mall a mall. City. It is a mall. It He's got a, a kiosk. Yeah. Food kiosk. <laughs> We're going to talk about Fuds, which is a very funny book, co-written by uh, Arthur in a little bit. But let's get to know Arthur Meyer, who I am meeting for the first time today. I, I, I always enjoy that about the podcast, when I get to meet somebody for the first time. Yeah, Unless no, we've met before, yeah, and I'm an idiot. I don't remember meeting you. Good, thank so God. I, yeah, I sometimes right. worry that I have met someone before that I think I'm meeting for the Especially first time. Especially a man of my stature. Yes, yes yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I had to have met this guy before, yeah, right? Yeah. No, I look. I Google image searched you, and I was like, I don't think I, I don't think I know that. No. I don't think I know that guy. I might have fucked him once, but yeah, I don't know yeah. him. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, we could have had sex. It's so sexy. I've never, although I've never. This had... is a very sexy episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you um, are at the Tonight Show. Yes. Uh, writer, staff writer. Uh, are you uh, monologue ske- uh, the sketch side? They they do split it up, right? They do. Yeah, it's ha- it's about half and half. I'm a, I'm one of the sketch writers. Oh, there. you sketch? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. But you still do monologue jokes? Hardly ever. Really? I okay. send in maybe like oh boy, like one per month. I okay. would say, and it's just when it happens to come to me. I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't consider that. So it's not part of. They don't say like, hey, listen. Can you, you know, you guys on a regular basis, can you give us at least 10 a day or something? Every, every once in a while they'll ask us for that, but it's not it's not usually a requirement of the job, which is good, mm-hmm. because I don't think I'm a good monologue joke writer. I, I don't even really think I know, I, I don't think I'm like that great of a joke writer. I think I, <laughs> I, think I can write funny stuff, but I think I'm, I'm better with ideas, you know? Right. I, I don't know, I'm not like, a, I'm not like snappy or clever. It's funny. I feel like I'm the other way around. Really? Yeah. yeah like, we should work together. We can know, make something make something happen. We probably could. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have both those sides, you know. Right. 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 Yeah. Where do you work before? Have you had other jobs? Yeah. Well, let's see. Okay. So here's sort of my trajectory. So I moved from I went to college at Boston University. All right. Then I graduated, moved to uh, New York City. I worked in a bookstore in Cobble Hill for two years. And then I worked as a caterer, and I was a nude figure model for art classes. Did and, you really? Yeah, and a Little League baseball umpire. So those were all my non Did you ever get jobs. those two mixed up and yeah. wear the different <laughs> uniforms? Occasionally I showed up <laughs> naked to a Little League baseball yeah. game. Thank God you had the chest protector on. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just the chest protector. It was. Uh, where was this? Was this outside of Boston or was, no? This where'd... was in New York. Yeah. So oh. like, I worked at a bookstore in Cobble Wait, Hill. A, a, a little league umpire in New York City. Yeah, Park Slope and okay. or in Prospect Park. Oh, Prospect. Park. Yeah, wow. and I also did that for eight for seven years back in my hometown, Wilmette, Illinois. So I had a lot of experience as a little league umpire. How about that? Yeah, I'm sort of obsessed it. with umpires. My boy Parker doesn't really like sports uh-huh. right now he's not interested in them mm-hmm. and i'm not like pushing it yeah and i don't watch baseball all year long i watch playoffs yeah you know, because uh, uh it's it's a waste yeah yeah, yeah. Well, but the, the playoffs record? are yeah. great because i love the game yeah, yeah and i love to keep score and i can't wait to show him how to keep score oh that I think must it's be great, so exciting yeah it's a great way to yeah. like it's because there's a lot of math and other things going on yeah that, that uh, uh i think that's a pretty good little learning tool Major League Baseball's popularity is a little bit low right now. It's 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 low compared to football and basketball. Right. So I had an idea that I think that one funny thing should happen in every single baseball game of the year. Just one pre-planned funny thing in order to get baseball more popular. And so you don't know what inning it's going to happen. You don't know when it'll okay. happen. All right. So the basic idea is like let's say that a batter gets hit by a pitch. Funny. He charges the mound. Right. Instead of getting to the pitcher he runs past the pitcher all the way to center field and then just jumps over the fence 
And leaves. And leaves. And he's never heard of for the rest of the game. And then once he jumps yeah. over the fence, then over the loudspeakers, yeah. you hear like the, the clicking of the feet yeah. and then the closing of a car door <laughs> turns on. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> See, like, if that Maybe a garbage can <laughs> falls over, you know, because he's a really clumsy guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, see, that's like, that's exactly it. That's, that's so funny. Like and I think so you that, came up with the idea and I threw in a couple of punchlines. Yeah, but you're boom. That, I, Get your learn on blockheads. <laughs> That's what just happened. Uh, another idea is a manager comes out to make a pitching change, right? But mm-hmm. wait, what's this? He forgot his pants, and so <laughs> he's wearing those sense. boxers with the little hearts on them. So like that would be another kind of like funny thing to happen. And uh, um, the team mascot comes out and cuffs him and takes him off the field. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For indecent exposure. I think you're, ma- you're you're like really adding to all these <laughs> ideas. I hadn't thought of this stuff before. Well, they, I think we're playing our roles, aren't we? I guess so. Yeah. I guess we're being comedians. But yeah, I, I so I have a major league baseball umpire friend, this guy who's an oh, actual great. ump. I started a fan club for him. His name is Laz Diaz. Laz Diaz. Laz at, Diaz. At Laz. At it's, Laz Ump. No, it's just the he. It, it's just they call. It's on Facebook. It's called the Laz Diaz Fan Club. Oh yeah. Because I saw him umpiring a game, and I thought he looked very friendly and nice. And even at the little league level, you know, the umpires aren't especially friendly or nice so i thought it'd be fun to start a facebook fan club for him and you know him now he ended up finding out about it through i think one of his family members and now he'll get me free tickets to a game a couple times a year and then we'll go out for a drink at this place called foley's it's like where all the umpires go to hang out after games near yankee stadium or Mets? no it's a it's uh 33rd between fifth and sixth so whether you're doing city field or yankee stadium People will go to this place, Foley's, after the game. Oh, yes. And Con- it, convenient to Penn Station. Yes, exactly. So Laz and I uh, hung out. You know, we'll get drinks afterwards. There's a lot of ladies out there right now yeah. with, like, an ump fetish who yeah. are like, fuck, this is, the, this is the best day of my life. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of smoking hot oh, ladies God, at, at yeah. these bars. Yeah, no, Looking very for stripes, few. any kind of stripes. Yeah. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever seen a woman in Foley's who doesn't work there. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. But I, I, I mentioned the idea to Laz about the funny thing happening in a baseball game, yeah, right. and I think Laz uh, liked me less because I said that. I think, I think you, I could see in his eyes him taking away from the purity I could see of the, the game. Yes, exactly. I could see the respect draining from, from like, from him. For oh, me. boy. Yeah. Wow, you blew it. I blew it. Blew it. But then I had to get back on his good side. I think he and I are friends again. I like that next tickets you get are, like, standing room in the upper deck. Yeah. It's just like, you're just way yeah, up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, come on, Laz. And there's nobody else in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's a Mets game. Can I move down? But, like, no. no. Laz has requested that you stay up there. He, <laughs> he has a special security guard assigned to those upper seats yeah. to keep you there. Yeah. Laz, you hired a security guard for this? <laughs> Doesn't isn't that more costly for you? This seems like way more trouble than yeah, just giving me a halfway yeah, decent ticket, yeah. just a little bit down, yeah. something not in the wind tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> but so I did all that stuff, and then I was contributing to the Onion for a while, so I was writing stuff for them. How did you? Was that like the first thing that you got? To... I think so. That was my that was my first like paid. They, so they do, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I was I was a contributor, which would mean I would send in fifteen headlines per week. Uh-huh. And then I would also contribute to some of their other content. Like you send in the headline, they pick it, and then do they ask you to write up the story if there's any content? Actually, sometimes no, they, it's just a headline. Yeah, know? they didn't ask the contributors to write up the story, oh, okay. so we would just write up headlines and hope that they would get picked. And it was it was really out of our control, and it was especially tough because the writers at the Onion obviously are more interested in writing up their own ideas. Sure, yeah. you know, as probably anyone would be if yeah. they were in that position. So on a typical week, I would submit 15 headlines and hope to get like two that would be considered to be in the paper. I would say maybe 2% of all the headlines I ever wrote, which is maybe about 3,000, I would say, maybe 2% of them were published. So I maybe got like 50 or 60 headlines in about four years of writing. Do you, do you have uh, Do you have an example of one of your one of your favorites? Yeah, I think. Let's Classic see. Onion headline thing coming up from Arthur Meyer. I think there's a few. Okay, here's one. Um, Bisexuals' parents half understand. It was one of um, there was another one I wrote an op-ed. It was not uh, a fake laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Not a huge laugh. What is your fake laugh? <laughs> that's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. but I, that's why I wanted to clarify. Yeah, <laughs> see what I think. I go higher. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, it's real. Really? Yeah. I see that. That's fake. That's fake. Yeah. <laughs> that's see. That's real. Yeah. But it was a fake real. But that's that's a difference. Wait, that was a fake real. That's, that's my. T- 
That's that's real, right? That was real because I lost my breath. There's a lot a, of variations. You had a clap at the end too. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's always a giveaway. The yeah. clap at the end is is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't always clap at the end. I I like to keep them wondering. <laughs> um. Oh, let's see. I had an op-ed. Uh, it was uh, if you're like me, then you love '80s music and haven't spoken to your brother in ten years. <laughs> see, that's good. Wait. Yeah, there was yeah. a clap. Uh, there was a clap. Yeah. That's good stuff. So you would submit a specific amount Mm -hmm. each week, and they pay you for that, and then your job there is done for the most part. Yeah, so it was no way to make a living. Right, right. I I made maybe like, I don't know, $1,200 a year doing that. So that's Mm -hmm. why I had to supplement my income with uh, working at the bookstore. But yeah, so I did that, and then I got cast in this movie uh, when I was like 26, which was... I felt like almost a fluke, because it was the second thing I auditioned for. And I, I... I didn't know how to audition. I didn't know what I was doing. Were you doing doing stand-up? Were you taking acting classes? I I was in a couple sketch comedy groups. I was in this one group called Pangea 3000, uh, which was made up of these guys, uh, Seth Reese, Zach Poitras, and Dan Klein, who co-wrote the the Fuds book. And then I was in a group called Two Fun Men with my friend John Haskell, who's he writes with me on Fallon now. Yeah, Yeah, okay, right. So he and I, that's actually sort of how we got the, the Fallon gig, was through doing a show at the UCB. And Jimmy came to see the show. And so that's kind of... That's how, sort of did, how did he end up coming to see the show? Because John and I were both friends with this guy, Mike DeCenzo, who was yeah. the first writer that they ever hired right. at Fallon. Isn't he, doesn't he do... Doesn't he front the monologue? Or? He's, he's one of the sketch like, oh, supervising sketch? writers, okay. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Mike was friends with us, and you know he, he liked Two Fun Men, so he, got, he brought Jimmy to go see the show. As sort of an audition, to I guess more more or less. I mean, I don't even know if that's what it. Right, that seems. Yeah, I think in retrospect, that's what it was. But But you got hired off of that. Did Jimmy then say, "Oh, like you guys are great. I really like you. Do you mind like writing some sample stuff for me?" Well, we had. I, I think he. They were looking to hire four writers, and they had already hired three, so it came down to between me and John. And they, he hired John, and then about a year later hired me. But oh, I think wow. he, I God. think he remembered that that show. So did you? How much did you hate John for a year? <laughs> there was, I never hated him, but I was, when you finally got the job and yeah. you walked in, was it like John? Yeah, Arthur. Arthur, hello. <laughs> very cold. Yes, yeah, very cold. Uh. No, it was, uh, you know, because I think John's like one of the funniest people. So I was very happy for him that he got the job. But yeah, of course, right. you know, being stuck in my own head and body and not having a choice to escape it. You know, I, I wanted, yeah, plus you know, the second man was gone in the two man group. Yeah, and... exactly. So, I mean, we continued performing, but we didn't, you know, he didn't have as much time to do stuff and, you know, right. So I had to kind of try to figure out, Oh boy, well I got to do stuff on my own now. So I tried writing a solo show and I was about 80% done with that show when I got hired at Fallon. Um, so then I worked at Fallon for like, I mean, I've been there. So was for, that show on the back burner? No, I did. I I ended up performing that show at the UCB for about a year. Oh, great! Yeah. What was it called? It was called Rock and Roll. All right. Yeah. Is it about rock and roll? There was a lot of musical stuff in there. For I, I kind of just, I don't know. I, I I wrote a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of it wasn't musical, but my favorite things were just songs. Oh yeah. yeah. And what what about what was the movie that you were talking about that you were that you got? That was called We Made This Movie, which was. Um, directed by these two guys who were at different times head writers at Letterman, which is why it was very exciting for me to who were they? be in it. This guy, Rob Burnett, who's yeah. also an executive producer there. Yeah, well, then he became yeah. executive producer, right? And then John Beckerman. Okay. I don't know his name. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, listen, uh, uh, that's a little that's a little background. You, mm-hmm. you got us right up to getting your job at the, uh, at the Tonight Show. Yeah. One, the, there was one thing when... When Jimmy came down to see that show, did did you then still have to submit stuff and then John got hired? And then yeah. later you had to su- you obviously had to submit again later a year later. I think I had I had submitted four packets by the time I got hired, wow. so I I don't remember if when Jimmy came to see the show upon I, request or like how why four like I think just I submitted one in like two thousand nine one in like a year like one every year until I got hired basically mm-hmm. uh, just because they would I would hear that they were hiring writers right and I would say oh I really want to write for that show and. And then eventually, that you know, my time came. We're like, you know, like yeah, we want to want to bring you on. Well, John would tell you that they were hiring at least, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or or Mike DeSenzo. Right. Okay, yeah. so yeah, 
Yeah, so it's through that connection that you found that exactly. out, found out exactly what the what the uh, um, what the submission is supposed to look like. Yes. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. I mean, that's because that's a common question I'll get from like you know people who are trying to break in. Like, how do you get this? Well, a lot of times it's just you know somebody. Yeah, that's. But you yeah. can know somebody at almost any level. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it can be a PA an intern, will find out. Like we'll know that oh they're I heard they're hiring writers because they're in the building yeah and that same intern can easily get the the guidelines for a submission and give them to you yeah so I mean that's yeah. just a little bit of guidance for the blockheads out there listening <laughs> so you know because right, that's a fairly common question you know? yeah I'm sure you've gotten that from people yes oh yeah this is good we're gonna come back and talk about fuds a complete encyclopedia with uh, our guest Arthur Meyer and maybe get a reading this is very exciting I'm very excited for this for the first maybe second or third time on. Writer's Block Podcast. My name's J.R. Havin. My guest is Arthur Meyer. We'll be right back. There you have it. The somewhat mandatory but always fun and interesting Who Are You and How Did You Get Your Job section of the podcast. Speaking of mandatory, follow us on Twitter. The show is at Writer's Block Pod, but you knew that. I'm at J.R. Havlin. Came up with that one myself. And Arthur is at Arthur Meyer 13. Not to be confused with at Arthur Meyer 4, who does exist but is not the Arthur Meyer you are currently coming to know and love. Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. There, done. Now let's find out about this book, shall we? I want to say we're back. Yeah. We're back! (laughs) You did it, you said it. I said it, I did it. (laughs) I did it, Ma. We're back with Arthur Meyer, co-writer, we'll talk about the whole co-action of that, of FUD's A Complete Encyclopedia with a forward by the great Mario Batali, your personal friend now. Yes. With him and an umpire. Yeah. It's fantastic. You've <laughs> it's got great. it all. You're really covering it. I'm living the life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do now is uh, uh, Arthur's going to read uh, just a little passage from the book, a little part of the book. We'll talk about the... Uh, um, and we'll talk about the that and the, and the rest of it. I'm going to start over because I feel like an idiot right now. And I thought... <laughs> okay, so we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds the same as the other one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. We were back. I fucked it up. We're now still we're back, back again. Yeah. I should have said we're back again. Yeah. We're back again. <laughs> we're back. I never even thought about the phrase we're back until right now. Why is it? How, what does it mean to you? Is it have... I don't know. It's just we're, we're, we are back. We are, I don't know. We're back. We're <laughs> back from, yeah. Well, it could what are mean, we back from? We're back from break. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't go physically didn't, go anywhere. In front of the people listening, we didn't go anywhere, right? No, not yeah. at all. They're just like, I know. What yeah. the, who the fuck? I'm still, what do you think I was thinking? I think the funny thing about we're back. Are they back, like on the edge of their seat? Yeah, like, yeah, are yeah. they dead? What happened? There's Are they okay? Yeah. No, 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 we're back. We're oh, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, Don't worry. That's the usual reaction to yeah. a podcast. And they would say, we're back. And yeah. But all the listeners are like, whew. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so scared. That was close. Yeah. Oh. I think the funny thing about we're back now that I think about it is the idea of announcing it. It's like, of course you're back. We hear we hear you. <laughs> yeah, we'll try again then. Yeah. I'm talking. That's it. It's the same thing. Same thing. It's clearly obvious. It's yeah. obvious. All right. We are back. <laughs> and I am talking with Arthur Meyer, uh, co-writer of FUDS, A Complete Encyclopedia. Um, let's talk a, a, a little bit, just general, describe the book a bit. Mm-hmm. We'll read something out of it. And uh, um, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. Well, the book is based off of a fake menu that we wrote, which is just full of food items that we just made up. They're all very silly sounding food items. And is it all the two other people that you worked on the book with? Yes, that's Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson. Okay. Um, so we made this menu, and then we turned it into a book, which are recipes for those menu for those items. Right. And also, it's it's kind of a general sort of compendium of any sort of food-based information. What was the original thing then? So then you had just done this just as a joke. I think I read that somewhere. You might have, yeah. I know that I did, as a matter of fact. That's wild. Yeah, we, we may... I remember seeing that, but yeah. that's... Oh, well, did you happen know. to go to the Guga Muga Festival in Brooklyn in 2012? No, on principle, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I a think, good idea. Yeah. If somebody told me those yeah. words, yeah. I, would, I would either tell them to go to bed yeah. or uh, um, or <laughs> slap them in the beard and leave. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to get a beard slap. It's a little softer. There's a little cushioning. Don't make me slap you in the beard. Yeah, I'll slap you in the beard. I like that. That can mean a few things. I like that too. (laughs) But yeah, no, we we made these, we made, we took a year or so and just in our free time came up with a takeout menu that we had no plans to turn it into any 
But where would you have posted it? There must have, like, we didn't post it anywhere. We, we made a website for it, and we printed out 5,000 copies of a menu. We just thought it would be funny to go to a food festival and hand out 5,000 copies of a menu right. and tell people as we were handing it out, fake menu, fake takeout menu, fake menu, fake menu. And so that's what we did. And then a, I, within oh. a week, someone posted it online somewhere, and it, it sort of gained – it was sort of a viral thing for a couple weeks. So you guys – uh, and you all three worked on it just yeah. as kind of a gag. Just as a gag. We yeah. So then because of that, did did you then try to figure out how to pitch it as a book and then pitch it as a book? I mean, I think there were a few ideas. I mean, it, some people were asking us about feature. I think that, I think that might have been mentioned <laughs> at one point or like a TV show or something, but I think we all just thought that the funniest thing about this is that it's just it's written words and it's based on, you know, I don't know, just based on food in general and the ridiculous, you know, items that you see on every single menu. It's just food language, you know? Right, right. So we, I don't think we were planning on doing anything, but then we thought, well, we could try to pitch it as a book. So we pitched it to about 40 publishers and one of them was interested. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you would go in, You how would you pitch that? Like we, physically? Or? We put together like 10 pages of, you know, basically just sort of a... Some of the menu, so, or some of, some of the recipes. Yes, exactly. And then a couple... For these r- ridiculous made-up dishes. We'll, yes. We'll, we'll, uh, we, you can go over... What are a couple of the dishes? Oh I mean, yeah, just, yeah, okay. Well, the the a few of the big, I mean, a few of the big ones are like, okay, here's one right here, frottéed bowl joints dumped in a bucket's worth of hush puppy oil paint. Uh. You also get coin celery and Ryan's rice. Ryan's rice. Ryan's rice. Yeah. Then there's also let's see, crab dorks with something else on it. <laughs> with that's the actual name. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You didn't lose like lose track of what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's, there's a, something else on it, but there's a whole. Yeah. You you had that in the original thing, and now there's a whole recipe for that. Yes, exactly. Recipe we, we with, ha- with one yeah. of the things that was making me laugh when yeah. I was reading through was uh, um, the measurements, which are always confusing because you would have like pie tablespoons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or t- two sevenths of a teaspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit was funny. Yeah, I think we're we're basically just trying to kind of parody every sort of food thing that you've read in a, a cookbook. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty. But you, but then, yeah. wh- how did so the the whole thing is uh, is supposedly kind of written by these Mizretti brothers yes. who are restaurateurs, yes, uh, who had one of the restaurants that ended up just absorbing every single culture and having one of those menus that's seventeen pages long, exactly, and somehow has w- something for everybody on it. Yes, um, the Mizretti brothers are also correct me if I'm wrong. Terrible writers. Yes. And idiots. Yes, they're idiots. And they ultimately wish that they hadn't written a book because it's really hard to write a book. Yeah, they keep reminding you, as a matter of fact, all the way through, please don't take this idea. Yeah, yeah. Do they say don't take the idea for the restaurant or for for all kinds of different things? Yeah, they don't want you to steal anything from them. They realize you're giving up secrets. Yes, even though they themselves have stolen, you know, everything from other people. Right, every time they went out to eat, they'd add that to their menu. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they would they would see what other restaurants were doing and just do the exact same thing. Right, right, right. And combine it all into one big restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um they're greedy idiots. So, uh that's a that's a nice little summary. Yes. It's a nice little summary. And there are jokes throughout and all kinds of different uh look, what was the one of the, one of the things that you guys do a, a lot of uh, um that I thought was really funny uh there are like random quotes throughout from famous people. Yes. Right? Who you may or may not have guessed would actually make these these quotes. Right. I wrote down a few that I liked. May I one day be remembered for my Swiss omelets? Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Yeah, I'll, I'll say them and then you yeah. tell me who it was. You sure. should know. Yeah. It's like a weird quiz. <laughs> uh, my greatest regret is never having tried an olive. Oh, was that... Um... Got you right away. Yeah, you should. No, I, my I, greatest regret is never having tried an olive. Funny in and yeah. of itself, but then a little funnier because because for some reason Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway said that. Yes, said that's that. right. That's right. Supposedly, supposedly said, said that. that. Could have. Yeah. You know, when he was tending to one of his we cat's sixth toe. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. didn't know that he didn't say that. No, we don't. Yeah. We just took our first airplane ride. The food was okay. As the Wright brothers, of course it was. Orville and Wilbur, <laughs> the first, the first airplane food joke. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense that it would be from Orville, Orville yeah. and Wilbur Wright. Yeah. Uh, and so those are kind of scattered throughout. Yes, as if these people had caught wind of your project and said, "I want in," or, yes. or like, or you guys just collected these from well-known phrases. Yes, I uh, think I sort of think that that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. exactly. We yeah we 
we you know scoured through all the uh, you know every sort of major literary work and found these quotes from these famous people about food. Right. <laughs> I, I love the idea of famous people having opinions and thoughts about food. You never hear, you never really hear John Lennon say anything about food. Right? Is he, I don't know. Um, uh, not 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 publicly. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. He's probably. I mean, I'm sure he ate. Yeah. Probably not much. Yeah. He just laid around a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a pretty skinny guy. Yeah. He just ate whatever got caught in his yeah. beard. Again, more beard. This is a really beard centric <laughs> kind of show tonight. A little more into the book. The 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 chapters are Fudd's basics. Mm-hmm. This doesn't really tell you much, actually. Does no, it? it doesn't. Is that purpose on purpose? Kitchen mm-hmm. chapter three: planning a menu. Four are sensational recipes, so there are a bunch of those. Five is funny, sweet concluders. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of funny things in there like that. Like uh, there was one thing I read for some reason as I was reading along, it just made me laugh mm-hmm. that instead of finger foods, you just very plainly, uh, apropos of nothing, called them fingering foods. Yes, and yes. I, <laughs> for some reason, I kind of lost it right there. It really made me laugh. There's a lot of little things in there like that that make me laugh. Brunchments is Brunchments. a funny word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understanding restaurants, kids section, final thoughts. So that doesn't really, I shouldn't have bothered with that necessarily. I yeah. didn't really think ahead, like, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Gonna read through the chapters <laughs> and really get their attention. Then we'll move on from there. <laughs> yeah, Havlin, you're on fire today. <laughs> anyway, you go through, you have these different sections. You have different things that happen. And there's, there's the recipes are more like one chunk. Because at first, it's really the Misredi brothers talking about yeah. forming their restaurant and stuff. There's exactly, a lot of funny yeah. stuff in there. Though. Yeah, there's that section. And there's a section about... What sort of items you should have in your kitchen? Um, what kind of knives you should have? What should, yeah, what should like be on your one, spice yeah, rack? Yeah. It's kind of about preparing to f- preparing to cook. And then the middle sec the middle section is the recipes that you will cook. And then the final section is kind of covers things that are a little more you know afterthoughts. You know, you get dessert, you, pooping, pooping. There's pooping. stuff about pooping. Uh, we talk about you know restaurants a little bit. We talk about what the future of food might be. So. Which food. is that people will continue to eat food, probably. It'll, yeah. it'll be, from what I know, it'll be made out of people. Yeah. At least the peop- the the food that poor people eat. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It'll be made out of other poor, poor people. Poor, do or eat. just dead dead rich people. Yeah. Too, right? That's they didn't true. care. Yeah. I think that's nice about that. I never thought about that with the Soylent Green. That, yeah. That, like, they might actually be eating rich people. Yeah. Which would be sort of like, yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm going to eat him. I'm going to tear into this rich man. Can't wait to flesh. eat this fucker. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever wonder who would, what kind of person would taste better? Like if like a fat person would taste well, better. Well, remember than a there was a Mon- was it Monty Python sketch where they were stuck in a boat and they all had to kind of they were going over who they would eat first. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. I don't know if it was like Kids in the Hall or Monty yeah. Python, and they just, just they were kind of like because one guy's fatter, mm-hmm. they but you know they they he would be more to eat, but yeah. the leaner guy would have. Kind of, it would be a tastier meat. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or something. (laughs) They were kind of going over like which guy they're going to eat first. Yeah. So uh, let's read something out of the book. Okay, cool. This is called Types of Food. For a complete balanced meal, it is optimal for your dishes to contain different types. Sorry. Jesus Christ, (laughs) I already messed it up. Get it together. Types of Food. For a complete balanced meal, it is optimal for your dishes to contain different kinds of food, not just a whole bunch of spaghetti. The most common types of food are hot, cold, good, and bad. We like to incorporate one of each, and when planning your own menu, you should too. Once again, please do not open a competing restaurant. We already have enough problems. Yeah, that goes back to the <laughs> thing I was talking about. There's a lot of it in there. It's very funny. Hot food. Food that is smoking or sizzling when it is served, eliciting ooh and ah sounds from nearby restaurant guests. Cold food. Food that you didn't heat up in the microwave because you are too lazy. Natural food. As disgusting as it sounds, natural food grows straight out of the ground. It's covered in dirt, and sometimes there's bugs on it. Gross, right? Fast food. The best kind of food. Fast food is made quickly, costs next to nothing, and smells great. Some people do not like fast food because they are jealous of how popular it is. Slow food. Slow food is fast food that takes a really long time to come out. Slow food happens when it's really busy at Wendy's or the fryer is broken at Carl's Jr., and you have to wait. Sometimes they make you come back the next day. Good food. Any food that tastes good because it has a lot of bacon, cheese, sugar, or ranch dressing on it. So basically, a bacon ranch cheeseburger served on a donut. <laughs> Bad food. See natural food. Sad food. Food you eat when you are sad, also known as a tub of ice cream and some cinnamon buns. This food makes you feel better by making you fatter. Your brain converts fat into happiness through the use of chemicals and stuff. 
trash food, food that has been thrown into the trash. Depending on how long it's been in the trash, it may still be edible. Remember that Seinfeld episode where George eats an eclair out of the trash? Kramer also <laughs> pees out his kidney stone at the circus in that episode. Dry food, food that is not dip. <laughs> dry food, food that is not dripping wet with barbecue sauce, nacho cheese, or mayonnaise, also known as worthless food. <laughs> wet food, drinks. Very nice. That's it. That's it. That's the whole book. That's the whole book right there. Re- repeat. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk. Uh, uh, well, let's uh, take a little break and then come back and talk more just about like getting the book done. Sure. You know, you guys working together to get that. Yep done and talk about like the how you pitch it to 40 different people which yes. we kind of started but got off of that but i want to hear that that journey sure from idea to actual book that looks like a book yes all right it appears to be a book it appears to be a yeah. book i'm here with arthur meyer author of fuds a complete encyclopedia writer for the tonight show with jimmy fallon we'll be right back everybody spoiler alert you do have to read the rest of the book yourself arthur is a busy man okay but trust me, you're going to love it. FUDS, A Complete Encyclopedia, available now at your friendly neighborhood bookstore, which, assuming you ever had a friendly neighborhood bookstore, has since undoubtedly been swallowed up by a Barnes & Noble that itself is probably hanging on by a thread financially, thanks in large part to the fact that there's a Starbucks inside that's just killing it. I mean, raking in the green. Now let's wrap things up with a bit more about how Arthur and his co-authors got this book into actual book form. This is Writer's Block, y'all. You know where you're at. I know what it is because uh-huh. I was just going to come out and say we're back, but I didn't because now it's I'm conscious of it, so it, yeah, it's freaking me out. But before we went to that little break, uh-huh. I said we'll be right back. Oh yeah, you know that's right. So it makes sense. It would make sense that you would confirm the being right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just we so are I'm, back. Yeah, I'm I, I'm keeping a promise. <laughs> if, <laughs> I need to let them know that. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't know if we're back. So, well, they would. So yeah. that's the other thing that would. makes it weird. Yeah, but, but you need to make it official. It's, it's yeah, like a, a stamp. In it's a way, a it's also just kind of like rubbing it in their face. I suppose. Yeah. Like we're back. I fucking told you we'd be back. Yeah. What did you we're not back. believe me? Yeah. Did Take you have that. any doubt that we'd be Bitch. back? Yeah. You lose. Yeah, you lose. You Sorry, because we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, that's wrong. That's you <laughs> yeah, win. That's, yeah, you win. No, yeah. Erase that. Forget that. Doesn't matter. I could edit it out, but I don't know why I'm not. We are. We are indeed back, though. Yes, we are. And talking to Arthur Meyer. You had mentioned before that you pitched this to some 40 different publishers. Something like that, yeah. And so just tell me briefly, like, what was that process? I think the process... We didn't, like, knock on doors. No, we didn't. I, I, th- I think it was just through... We have a, a literary agent, and we would just... You know, they would kind of help us, you know, sort of whittle down exactly what we what we wanted to pitch. You know, they said, well what do you want the book to be? And we said we would want it to be recipes for the food items, but also, you know, just a bunch of different facts, information about food. So we put together, you know, sort of a 15-page thing, kind of trimmed it down to about 10 pages, and then just gave it off to the literary And agent. was it sort of an example of all the different sections? Or yeah. Did you ba- then say, like, we'll also have this section, we'll also have this section? So it was just sort of like a treatment for it, I guess. Yeah, well, we didn't really or say... A mi- a mini version, or... It was, just a, it was just a smaller scale version of the okay. book. But I don't really remember us listing what sections we would have. I think we probably should have. We probably could have worked a little bit harder on, on that part of it. But I, I think because we... Because the whole menu thing was just it was just a side project for all of us i don't think we put a ton of i i think we just kind of assumed well i don't know if a book will actually end up happening but let's just you throw something out there and see if anyone wants to do it and one publisher was interested and then we thought oh well let's actually try to make this thing really good now like now, so now from that, so yeah. how, did, how did you find out about that interest i think we just heard we just got an email from our literary agent that said bloomsbury is interested in in uh, you know, giving you guys a book deal. Did you already have a literary agent? We had uh, agents. We had an agent who kind of hooked us up with literary literary agent. Oh, okay, right, yeah, right from their agency. Okay, yeah, exactly. So oh, yeah. the literary end of their agency, like yes. okay, so you go to your agent, yes, your and they said for performing and yeah. writing and said we you know can you help us do this so they hook you up with them and then they were the ones who know like okay give me this and I'll send it to all these people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then we, so then we got the deal, and then we just had to 
to write the book. When they showed interest, mm-hmm. did they say like, um, yeah, I, kind of, I like it, but just tell me more before I say, yeah. I mean, did you have to go through another step before they yeah. gave you an advance or, or set you up with a contract or something? Not, not really. Oh, it, okay. it, it sort of, it, there was very little, um, uh, I, I think they trusted us. They, they just thought, well, these guys made the menu and the menu is a success. So right. they, I think they just let us make whatever kind of book we wanted to make. And so I, I think we were very lucky in that sense because I, I'd hear about a lot of people in any branch of comedy not getting that kind of creative freedom. I'm not sure if it's more common in the literary world, but they also let us know that any decisions in the book would ultimately be up to us, you know? If they disagreed with something, they 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 said if you guys feel strongly about it, we'll we'll put it in there. But uh, usually, we tended to agree with the editor's notes and the publisher's notes. Do you had was there a single editor, single publisher? Like there were how many how many people were giving you notes? How we had actual we, people. We, we mainly just had one editor giving us notes, but right. then we also had a couple people who worked on the design of the book. Who right, had, right, right. Kind yeah. of had input about the, yeah, and that the can layout. have a lot to do with it, right? Yeah. I mean, with with how how you can lay stuff out is whether or not this is a good idea to do. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I was I was at the Daily Show for both America and Earth, mm-hmm. and those are hugely complicated projects. Oh my god, where yeah. the, you know there were uh, this massive staff of people basically contributing. I mean, look at the contributors is like the greatest story ever told. Yeah, it's huge. But there were you know I mean it funnels up and. And uh, basically to John and, and other people who are, you know, close to him throughout the yep. project. Yeah. And um, uh, for for at least one of them, I believe, Josh Lieb, mm-hmm. executive yep, producer, Josh Lieb. Yeah, was involved in one of them. They, they'd be responsible for a certain section. Like Lieb would be responsible for a section and he would have five people who are contributing to that. Yep. And then he gives that to, you know, he narrows that down, gives it to John, we get feedback, you do more. Yeah. But there was so much stuff and there's... The way that got written was that's uh, interesting. Was so, so it was a, a big back and forth process between lots. Of a lot of it, yeah, guys. a lot yeah. of it. You'd come up with an idea, mm-hmm. and then that idea would become something else because it looked so different on the page. Because both those books are so visual. Yes, you know, there's are. there's not yeah. a lot of just prose. There's I think there's more in Earth yeah. than there was in America. Or no, it's the other way around. How, how long did the the process of writing each of those books take? Hey, whose podcast is this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, I'm so excited to be here with you because I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of The Daily Show and it's like... But not of me. Uh, well, I mean, I... <laughs> now. I'm, uh, over the course of the last 45 minutes, I've become a very big fan of you. That's great. I didn't know you before. No, no, You no. seem like a great person. I'm de- I'm a decent guy. No, you seem, ask you around. Se- you seem great. Ask around. <laughs> the, the, uh, I, I, you know, the, it was a, it was a while ago and, but I mean, it would take us, it, you know, it's months or whatever and we were doing it. While we were doing the, the show, show right? yeah. So was the whole staff excited about writing it? Oh, it was really fun to do because yeah. because a lot of it also is just like you know here here's a just here's a picture of a house. Yeah, make jokes about the different parts of the house. Yeah, or something. Yeah, you know, and and so it was just so open, so open and also so different from what the show is. Oh yeah, 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 right. Which right. is also an exciting thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's what I really loved about doing this. this right, thing. right. That's interesting. Talk yeah. about that for a little bit. The idea of just being able to express yourself creatively in a different way. Yeah, it was really fun just because with the world of food, and food I think is is maybe the funniest topic, that the funniest comedy topic in general, just because we need it. We need food to survive. So therefore everything surrounding food is kind of based on a, a, a very basic human desire. But anyway, we for me there there was a certain overlap between late night style writing and the writing in this book. We have a lot of sort of jokes in here, a lot of lists, you know. Right. We do a lot yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. we do a lot of that kind of stuff on on the show. Right. Right, right, and right. I really like lists a lot. I don't know, they just kind of make me laugh or, Well, that is, yeah. I was wondering about that because yeah. of all that stuff that you have in there. A lot of that stuff kind of like America and Earth, you know, it's like a table. Yeah. And so you fill that table. I'm sure that if you have a list of 10 things, mm-hmm. between you you wrote 100 of them. Yeah. How did you then narrow that down? Well, I think the way that we, what we did was we would just brainstorm ideas for sections of the book uh-huh. and then talk about what we thought were the funniest sections, the sections that had the most potential to really get a lot of jokes out of them. And then we would assign someone to write those sections. And then, you know, you go Or off. just volunteer or something. Yeah. When you say we would assign someone, 
It's just the three of you. Yeah, just the three of us. Yeah, so right. yeah, so someone would say, "Oh yeah, I want to write this section about you know fake wines," or like I'll I'll write you know I'll write the recipe for shitty chicken, you right. know. Um, or like arm wrestling over like I want to do shitty chicken. No, you know? it was okay. It, then you can do this, or you guys, you, you all, you've all knew each other and worked on things together. And also because the the book, you know, writing a book is not what you know either the three of us is most passionate about. So for us, this was just entirely a fun thing to do. And you learn how to do how to flex different muscles. Yeah, and we were figuring it as we, we went along. So there were there were very few arguments the way that there can be, or that I've had with working in with groups and comedy and people just get at the tonight show go ahead tell me this story <laughs> well there, i mean there's not too <laughs> <Who> do you hate <laughs> <laughs> i mean the good thing about the tonight show maybe you maybe you had this too is like okay so i i used to be i used to be in a couple of sketch comedy groups and sometimes we would get pretty heated about what we wanted to keep in a sketch what we didn't want what sketches we even wanted to do there would just be arguments working at a show where you have to do a single episode every single day you end up not being that attached to what you write which is i think both a good thing and a bad thing yeah yeah i mean at least for me i i'm the way i deal with it is well you have to work with so many people and you have to do a show every night so i'm just more inclined to being to trying to have kind of a more laid-back attitude about it and saying you know okay well it might not be the most important thing in the world if i get this joke in here yeah this is this is a small battle in the war exactly and some people are some people want want to win every single one of those small right. battles, and that's fine. But for me, it's more important that you have actually a good, friendly, positive working environment. But if you're extremely particular, you know, and uptight early on when you're writing something, it's just not going to be fun. Well, that's the interesting thing about our uh, the the daily job. Yeah, that you just have no time to get into that mode. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> like, yeah, the trick is somehow remaining motivated to give your best effort to something that you know ahead of time has little chance of surviving, certainly in its current state. Right. You know? Right. You know, a lot of times we'd sit around writing a second or third draft going, fuck this, fuck this. But then you'd start writing and you'd be like, yay, yeah, this yeah, is there's good. another funny joke here. Yeah. So it's because it's a great job. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. I really love you it. You remember, oh, I'm not yeah. in a coal mine. Yeah. You know? No, it's incredible. You never heard of a canary in a comedy writer's office. Yeah. Like, you got to keep an eye on <laughs> <Yeah>. that bird. <laughs> But yeah, writing writing this book, we again because none of us are interested in pursuing careers as an author. Uh-huh. We had that laid back, fun attitude about it, where we just thought, let's try to think of as many concepts as we can, and then fill those up with jokes, and then we'll find a way to just you know we'll we'll worry about structuring it when we have all of our material. We'll we'll just we'll write this section, we'll write this section, we'll write this section, and then we'll figure out what order it should be in. You know, it, and it was, a, it was, I like, I like all that stuff. I like the, I like both writing jokes and I like kind of producing it and figuring out, well, why should this section be here first? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the thing that you don't do at your job so much. Right. You right. know, yeah, you don't really do that because everything's, you're just working with all these short pieces of comedy. Yeah. And it's a bits, super creative thing to do. And it makes you feel more than just like a gag writer. Yeah. Right? Which is, yeah. Which you don't have that opportunity so much. Although the sketch side is definitely different from the monologue side. Yes, it is. But the monologue guys also pitch some sketch stuff. Just not, it's, right. it, it is fairly separate, but I yeah. didn't know that sketch guys really aren't involved in the monologue at all, but. Not too much. I mean, some, some, some a little more so than others, but, but uh, yeah, I, I really love that producing thing. I mean, I'm obsessed with albums, mm-hmm. and I love the idea of placements of tracks on albums, like yeah, right. what order songs are in. That just doesn't matter anymore, though, for for, for pop music. Yeah, least. yeah. I, I mean, some people still try to make really good albums, which is interesting. I But to, I, I just have a certain obsession with albums and, and, and complete products. Right. So it was fun to work on this thing, because that's kind of the difference between a book and a late night show is... The, our, our, the whole product is right here. It, 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 that's what the book is, you know? It's all right there. Late Night Show is kind of ongoing in a way, you know? Right. You'll continue having different types of things, and it's never really over. Yeah, you don't complete the, yeah. the project. Yeah. Interesting. Or you um, do after years and years. Yeah, 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 right. When I left, I told John, you know, I, I told John before I told anybody else, and I told them, like, I was going to, to just stay until you left. But you wouldn't fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> then a year later, he leaves. Yeah. God. Is that when you left a year ago? I, yeah, I left in June last yeah. year. Last last June. So. Do you mind me asking you why why you left? 
Was, was uh, it to pursue the... Like, a lot of the, sexual tension. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's just <laughs> stay with the theme of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Too much sexual tension. It's been building up for years and years. Yeah. How, how long were you there for? 18 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you were actually... Time. Is that right? Yeah. 18 years. Yeah, because I started with Kilborn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. So when John left, I tweeted uh, um, that everybody should mellow out and remember what the most important thing about this is, and mm-hmm. that is that my record stands. <laughs> <laughs> Because there was a, when I left, somebody had found like on IMDb had amount of episodes that everybody had worked on, yeah. and it's me and then John. Really? Yeah, and yeah, I had about like yeah. you know three hundred episodes yeah. or something because it was like two and a half years. Of that. Yeah, oh, that's great. And that's what I posted with that tweet. Like yeah. my record. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> keep in mind what's really important. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. My yeah. record stands. I win. I win. I win. I win, John. Yeah, yeah. You lose. <laughs> you lose in a way. Yeah. Financially, you you know. Like yeah. we're by, everybody's a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but you won some people by make yeah twenty five million a year. Yeah, <laughs> some of us don't. Yeah, not quite that much. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur Meyer, thank you very much. It's great to meet you. Oh, it's so good uh, to meet you too. And uh, guys, go out and pick up uh, Fuds, a uh, complete Encyclopedia by Arthur and uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. Dan uh, Klein. Dan Klein and, and Kelly Hudson. Kelly Hudson. Kelly writes for uh, um, Adult Swim. Well, she she's working on a show right now. I think it's called Dirty Filthy teenagers uh-huh. yeah which is in in the works right now right, okay right. yeah all right and uh and dan is a writer for comedy bang bang yeah he's actually and he's in new york right now working on the a night of too many stars oh oh really yeah. oh great great and he just wrote for wet hot american summer uh, oh, which oh is com- yeah. coming out in a few months oh right yeah, yeah. so did rachel axler oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah. yeah that's great so uh go pick it up when it comes out which will be soon after you uh hear this look for it Find it, buy it, read it, enjoy it, put it by your toilet. It's a good toilet. It's a good it's bathroom a great, read. It's a great it's a good bath- bathroom read. Especially because it has to do with food. Yeah, because right. you, you can. it'll be good for a short one or a long one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you all know what I'm talking about. You know about. what we mean. And I think I can't think of a better way to go out on this. He's talking about poop and pee. Ah, <laughs> Thanks right. so much, JR. This is, this is awesome. Great. I appreciate your being here. Say goodnight, Arthur. Good night, everybody. That's it, episode 47, creeping up on the big 5-0. Who will that guest be? It's very exciting to think about. I want to say President Obama, but it seems like a stretch. Plus, his books are just not funny. I'm sorry, but we here at Writer's Block have our standards. Until next time, say goodnight, blockheads. Blockheads.